The following is a presentation of the New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey, a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. Health and happiness to you today. Are you looking to get your dream off the ground? Just pretend you belong in the room and soon you will. That's the advice from a mompreneur who's been to the Super Bowl and met the First Lady. You'll meet Keisha Palmer Cousins of Sweet Foods. And a psychologist and father of five has some strong feelings about today's teens. Kevin Lehman of Planet Middle School is here. And who remembers James Fry of A Million Little Pieces? His loosely based memoir, marketed as nonfiction, caused a stir in 2003. He's feeling blessed these days with a trilogy, video games, and movies in the works. We'll talk about the childhood book that inspired him. But first, Broadway's Kristen Chenoweth is here to sing out an October message. Get a mammogram. You got it, Casey. You're a Casey, too, in a way. I, and I, I definitely am called that by all my friends. Casey. That's so cool. It is cool. So listen, tell me about your mom. Well, she got a double mastectomy probably eight years ago now, and it's survival of the breast cancer, thank goodness. I've had two aunts that survived it, a girl like my sister who survived it. I think there's a lot of us, Casey, that have had women that we know that have touched our lives that have survived, and some we've lost. So a few months ago, Hologic, the company, came to me about raising awareness about the, the Genius 3D Mammo, and I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what they were talking about, and I went and got one, and it's no different or harder or longer than our regular mammos. It's just better. It detects 41% more invasive cancers, and we have a website that I want people to go and check out. It's CoverMyGenius3D.com. You can uh, demand full coverage when you, when you call, and you can also learn about where you can go that's closest to you to get this exam. I really, really think it's important that people know, women everywhere know, that we can, if you find it early, there's a five-year survival rate at almost 100%. And this Genius 3D Mammo is a way to do it, a way to help yourself. I've done it. Uh, women I've, I've, that have come in my life and new friends and old friends, I'm making everybody go. So please, please go to our website, CoverMyGenius3D.com, and find out more about it and go and do it. Cover my genius. 3D.com. That's it. All That's right. It. So, you know, you, your mom had breast cancer. Did you mm-hmm. say your aunt and your sister, too? A woman like my sister, who I'm very close to, and oh. two of my aunts survived it. So I've, it's been around me. I've, I've, listen, I'm paying attention. I'm noticing. I'm watching people fight it. And I'm watching people overcome it. Um, and I would like to watch people, watch us wipe it out. That would be a dream. Right. So we'll start by going to the website one more time. Yeah, CoverMyGenius3D.com. Again, you can find out more uh, what's closest to you to go get the exam. And even my own insurance company didn't fully cover it, and I called them up. I was like, y'all, pay attention. Do it, do it. I want to encourage women to do that, too. If it's not fully covered, demand it. Let's demand it. It's there. It's available in all 50 states, closest to a lot of people, and they're popping up more and more. So I just really want people to become aware and go do it. That's Good what girl. Want. We will do it. Thank you Thank for bringing you. it to our awareness during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Thank you, Katie. Do you know any teenagers? Are they ungrateful? Entitled? Now, we know there are plenty of great teenagers in the world, but psychologist and best-selling author Kevin Lehman as a message for the moms and dads who may need a little help. Dr. Lehman, 
What should we be talking about today? Well, we should talk about Planet Middle School, which is number one on Amazon as we speak this morning. It's a, a book about the hormone group and how weird they are and uh, what parents can do if they have some of these humanoids living with them. I've never heard it referred to as the hormone group, but I guess you're absolutely right. Middle school is a world unto itself. They're weird. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you've had some. They, they, I had five. They can't walk through a hallway or an archway without jumping up and trying to touch it. They use whatever as a noun, preposition, adjective. They roll their eyes like Olympic gold people. Yeah. They slam doors with great accuracy, and they text their buddies like a woodpecker that's got ADHD. Oh, it is true. So we want to help parents wrangle these kids and, and, and help guide them. And you say you know when you can, you can tell when a kid gets off the bus is something, if something's wrong. How so? Kids show their emotions on the sleeve. You know, the smart parent who drives their kids to school, they'd be so smart just to sit and listen. And just listen to them, especially if you're picking up other kids, because the kids will just talk about everything. They're nonstop. They're social beings. Brand new study says that a teenager, a 13-year-old, for example, will check their phone for social media 100 times a day. Now, you tell me who the dumb person is, the parent or the kid who gives a 13-year-old a smartphone. Right. But then how do you not? Well, there are dumb phones. Dumb phones? Dumb phones, right. Just give them a phone that makes calls. But We give kids way too much. I can, I can quote myself uh, from my book, Have a New Kid by Friday, which is a New York Times bestseller, where I say an unhappy child is a healthy child. And there's times your son, your daughter, has to be what? Unhappy. Yeah. Why? Because they dissed you. They four-letter worded you. They did something to their brother or sister that was inappropriate. But parents today, quite frankly, they're afraid to be the parents they need to be. And again, I've got five of them, and they're all successful. My son is the executive producer and head writer of The Ellen Show. He's done pretty well in life. Indeed. You know, all of our kids have done that. Well, guess what? We didn't give our kids things. We gave them discipline. We gave them high expectations. We gave them vitamin N, which is no. And not enough parents even know what vitamin N is. And so I believe with kids, you need to play what I call parental poker. I mean, you got four aces in your back pocket. Your kid can't drive a car uh, without your permission. So why not use some of those things as teaching ways to get kids to understand that life is not just texting your buddy and accumulating likes. It's about servicing other people. Other people count in life. And kids today, especially in the hormone group, uh, when I talk about it in Planet Middle School, these kids are not grateful for anything. Well, how do you get kids to be grateful? Yeah, I mean, how do people you? people in the kids' neighborhood that could use their help free, whether it's shoveling snow in winter or raking leaves in the fall. Kids don't serve anybody, quite frankly, but their hedonistic little selves. Well, that's age-appropriate, though, isn't it? I mean, kids do believe they are the center of the universe. That's not new. We, we didn't create that. Oh, no, we did create that. Let me give you an example. You're in a little league game, and a kid strikes out on three straight pitches. He doesn't even swing the bat. And the young parents behind the cage are yelling, Great at bat, Matthew. Great at bat. I got news for you, little loser, Matthew. You didn't even swing. <laughs> You're awful. And I know you mean that with love. But we're well, I do mean that in a humorous way. I know. Kids. But, you know, what I'm saying is, we do create those situations where kids feel like they're the only person in the world. But we're protecting them from humiliation. We're protecting them too much. Is that what you're saying? We absolutely, we overprotect 
them at every turn. I'm a former dean of students and a professor at the university. I was the one that administered the, the code of conduct. And I had parents call me and say, uh, Dean Lehman, um, um, Anthony, he's just a boy. He just turned 21. And the parents were trying to wheedle things in the kid's direction. Yeah. And we have parents today who say things in their home like, hey, would you kids turn that TV down? I'm trying to do your homework. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying and, to do your homework. Yeah, I know. So we're, we all want our kids to be successful, but the successful way is, quite frankly, by just being the parent you need to be, being an authority. Now, here's the tough part. Being an authority without being an authoritarian. Yeah. So you're you know, not just telling kids what to do, but you hold all of those little suckers accountable for what they say and do in life. We're talking to New York Times bestselling author, psychologist, Dr. Kevin Lehman, Ph.D., the new book, Planet Middle School. Uh, you're also known as the birth order guy, and we appreciate your one-of-a-kind personality. And I appreciate, too, that you're saying if you if you have your children uh, provide some service or do some charity work, they will learn gratitude. I appreciate that. I also think of all the single moms and dads out there who are wanting to be a friend to their kids and wanting to be popular with all the kids of the neighborhood. Give us some advice for the parents who have gone too far showering their kids with too much. Give them some tools to teach them to dial it back. Well, number one, I think one of the best ways is just to simply say their kids some morning out of the blue. Honey, I owe you an apology. For what? Well, I've been thinking life through a little bit, and it seems to me like I'm doing all the work around this place. As you know, it's just you and me and your brother. There's nobody in the bullpen to help me out except you guys. And I'm doing everything. So you're going to see some changes in Mommy in the next few days, and uh, you're going to be surprised. And uh, if you don't become a part of our family and really pitch in and help, your life is going to take a turn for the worse very quickly. And so it's that kind of straight talk. In other words, if you're a single mom and your kids get home before you do, and most kids do, and they're old enough to help prepare dinner, and if dinner's not prepared, guess what? Mom's not cooking, and the kids are going to fend for themselves, and before long, the kids will figure out this is not a good deal for us. Right. Right. I know. It's hard, but you have to have consequences. I had lunch at my girlfriend's house a few months back, and her her first-year college-age son uh, came in while we were having lunch, and then we were going to go downstairs to do some work, and the mom said to her son, Peter, could you clean up our lunch and wash those dishes while we go downstairs and work? And he did. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, I just started a school out in Tucson, Arizona, a charter school. Uh, and it's classical education. And I walked in the classroom the other day with a couple, and this was in first first graders. And guess what they all did? They all stood up wow. when we walked in the room. I about fell over. But, wow. you know, expectations. And I've written 52 books. I'm so old, I did Donahue. I did Oprah so many times <laughs> on a first-name basis. But, uh, you know, and I've been around the block, but I've, I've learned through the years that it all goes back to us being the parent we need to be. Now, the single mom and the single dad, uh, I've written books on the subject, uh, I have great empathy for because guilt runs many of their lives. And guilt is the propellant for most of the lousy decisions you will make, not only as a single mom or dad, but as a woman. Women are great guilt gatherers of life. They feel like they're responsible when it rains at a picnic. Uh, they take on far too much responsibility. And I found they're great people. They're just trying to make it. They want their kids to be successful. But don't fall into the trap of trying to be your child's best friend. They have friends. They need you to be the parent you need to be. Kevin Lehman. He's on Facebook and at Birth Order Guy. 
www.jamesfry.com. Next, James Fry, in one piece and living well. This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show, information, fun, and inspiration. Does an award-winning Hudson Valley Hospital get even better? It teams up with the number one hospital in New York. Hudson Valley Hospital is now part of New York Presbyterian, and with our new name comes new possibilities. New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital now has expanded clinical services previously not available in the Hudson Valley, and easy access to the expertise and resources of New York Presbyterian in Manhattan. Visit nyp.org slash Hudson Valley to learn more about the amazing things happening here. What's happening in libraries today? Well, they're more about doing than borrowing, more about connecting than simply plugging in. Whether you want to get involved in your community, find a job, start a business, or simply get ahead, your library card is the key to opportunity. Libraries are transforming. Visit ilovelibraries.org. Today, bullies aren't just in the hallways at school or on the playground. Now, cyberbullies can taunt your child with texts, posts, and videos any time of day through mobile devices and computers. If your child is being bullied, they may feel helpless, have difficulty sleeping, skip school, or even run away from home. Talk to your child about what they are going through and let them know they are not alone. For help, call the National Runaway Switchboard at 1-800-RUNAWAY or visit 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG. Have alcohol or drug dependence made your life or the life of someone you love unmanageable? For more than 100 years, St. Christopher's Inn has been the place where men in crisis find hope. Located in Garrison, New York, St. Christopher's Inn is a residential shelter and substance abuse treatment center where no man is turned away because of race, religion, or ability to pay. If you or someone you know needs to find a way out of addiction, call us at 800-424. 0027 or visit our website at stchristophersin.org. Hi, it's Casey. I remember seeing author James Fry on Oprah probably a dozen years ago. I devoured his book, A Million Little Pieces, crying throughout. Got a copy for my mom, my sister. I bought everybody a copy of the I Ching, which was a cornerstone of inspiration in A Million Little Pieces. Then came the bombshell news that the book, promoted and packaged as a memoir, had some truly fictionalized moments. Oprah was mad. Years later, they made up. What's James Fry been doing since? Whatever he wants. He's still one of the most chill guys you will ever meet. And he is solidly in one piece, working on a trilogy that is soon to be a video game and a movie. If you love mystery, you'll love the Endgame series. James... Where did this come from? Endgame's book, or the series, is inspired by a book I I read when I was 10 years old called Masquerade, which was a kid's book with a puzzle in it. Um, And if you solved the puzzle, it led you to the location of a a gold rabbit worth 40 grand that the author had buried. I loved it, and I was obsessed with it as a little boy. and, And I always thought about it for years and years and years, and always wanted to try to do something like it. Um, so a few years ago, I started working on it, and I came up with this mythology. Um, I like Ancient Aliens, that TV show, and I love conspiracy theories. And so I came up with this idea that 
aliens created humanity about 12,000 years ago, and when they did it, they created 12 original civilizations, and they told those civilizations that someday the world would end, and when when it did, a game would be played to determine humanity's future. And each of these civilizations had to keep somebody prepared to play that game. So they have for thousands and thousands of years. And at the beginning of Endgame, that game starts. And the players learn that uh, there are three keys hidden around the world. And the first of them to physically possess those three keys wins the game. Each of the three novels is about the hunt for one of those keys. And written into uh, each of the novels is a series of puzzles. So in the first book, it was sort of one big mega puzzle. Um, and the first person to solve it uh, found a real key uh, that opens a case that has been sitting for the last year on the floor of Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, filled with $500,000 of gold. Wow. Um, for the second book, there are a number of different smaller puzzles. And if you are among the first to solve them, you can win... <laughs> Between five and a hundred thousand dollars. All right. So uh, we're not going to tell you what we're doing for the third book because we want to keep it a surprise. Wow! Wow! So this is really a whole new audience for you. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I just do what I want. I guess I do what I'm interested in, and I don't really um, think about audience. I just think about what do I want to do, and. Uh, is it cool and will it be fun? You know, I always hope that I get readers between 13 and 113. I want everybody to read my books and I want everybody to like them and have fun with them. Great. You know, that's great advice for all of us, not to worry about the audience, just do what you love. So, all right, the first book, there was a big puzzle and a single key winner that picked up the money in Las Vegas, right? Well, they're picking it up tomorrow. Oh, fun. And now in the second book, there's going to be lots of smaller winners. Yep. All right. Yep. And there'll the th- be, I, I believe, if, if all the puzzles are solved, there'll be 25 of them. And the third book is on the way, and now we're going to make some movies, yes? Uh, first, we're making a video game, which comes, uh, uh, comes out next June, um, and then we're making movies. 20th Century Fox is uh, making the movies, and a company called Temple Hill, which made the Twilight uh, movies and Maze Runner movies and Fault in Our Stars, is making the movie. Fantastic. Congratulations. You know, the story is so imaginative. Did it hit you all at once, or did it come to you slowly? You know, it sounds weird, but kind of both. Like, you kind of are thinking about stuff, and you're playing around with stuff in your brain, and and thinking about lots of different things, and how would they work together, and that sort of happens. And then one day you just figure out how it all works, and that usually happens very quickly. So it's sort of a little of both. At least that's how it is for me. All right. Well, there's stuff going on in your brain, mister. I don't know. Pretty darn (laughs) imaginative. So the first book is called? Um, Endgame. The second book is called Sky Key, and we haven't decided on the third, the title for the third book. All right. But is it written? Uh, It is. Yeah. All right. And then what happens? And then I know the video games and the movies, but are you going to continue or it, or will the third book tell the final story of how humanity ends? Uh, the story will definitely end. Um, you know, we might do more books related to it or I might just go do something else. Um, sort of the beauty of what I do is I get to decide. I don't have to decide today. I'll, I'll decide probably a year from now. Um, but between now and then, I have a lot of work to do on book three and the movies and the video games. All right. How good does it feel to be you right now, James Fry? I mean, I'm a lucky guy for sure. Uh, I don't sit around and like um, 
gloat, but uh, mostly I'm, I'm, I know I'm very fortunate. Uh, I've been very lucky. I work very hard, but, you know, it, it feels good. My life's a dream come true. I'm doing all this awesome stuff. I get to go on book tours. I get to do radio and TV interviews. I, I, I get to meet with awesome readers all over the world. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, when you were a kid reading Masquerade, that was the name of it, right? Yep. Who was the author and did you ever get to thank them? Um, the author is a guy named Kip Williams and he's like a very sort of reclusive English painter. Um, so I have never thanked him. Um, but I do know that he, he, he thinks it's cool that I was inspired uh, by his book. Um, and, and, and that's kind of what it's about. Like, if I inspire some kid down the line, I won't need them to thank me. I'll, I'll just be stoked that it happened. Um, and, and I hope I do. You know, I, I hope I do. I inspire some, and not just kids, anybody, to, to, to write a book or just chase their dream, you know? Yeah, um, I know. Follow your heart. You're doing good on both fronts. I, I'm, I'm so happy I got to speak to you. I'm going to go out and buy a Dakota ring. I don't know if a Dakota ring will help. Um, <laughs> if it does, let me know, because maybe I'll go buy one, too. You are doing fine without one, James Fry. I have a copy of Sky Key to share, book two. Email caseyradio at gmail.com. And finally today, I ran into Keisha Palmer Cousins of G&K Foods at the Culinary Institute of America the other night. It was a kickoff party for Hudson Valley Restaurant Week coming up in November. Keisha has turned her sweet potato pie passion into a delicious enterprise like this. Okay, so back in 2007, I invited a good friend of mine, Gay Willis Smith, to attend a breakfast meeting, a networking event that was sponsored by the Women's Enterprise Development Center. And so while we were there, she was really inspired to, you know, really take her great-grandmother's sweet potato pie recipe to the to the market. So it had been a dream of hers for years, and so she asked me right in the parking lot at, um, at this country club to be her partner. Based on, you know, my background of having uh, a business background and also an engineering background, and my family, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs. They both had home-based businesses. So I was like, you know what, fine, let's let's go for it. And I've always loved sweet potato pie, just like Gay, um, just like her great-grandmother and grandmother baked it. My great-grandmother and grandmother baked them too. So that was our connection. So now we have G&K Sweet Foods Legacy Licious. You're at all the farmer's markets. <laughs> You're at all the great things in the Hudson Valley. But you also go up and down the East Coast. Tell us about some of the events you do. Recently, I've been biggest event to date was last year's Super Bowl. Because we are a minority and women business enterprise, we were given the opportunity to bid for a contract for the Super Bowl. So last year, while everyone was home watching the show, we were there serving hundreds of our three-inch sweet potato pies at the VIP party right before kickoff. That was an awesome experience. Two local mompreneurs, you know, just trying to make it happen. And how did you meet the First Lady? Oh, well, I went to a networking event and met someone for all of like two minutes. We exchanged cards and then somehow she was putting together this luncheon. So she contacted me. And then a month later, I was there with the first lady. Where? Uh, It was in New York City on Park Avenue, one of their event uh, catering halls. And it was